Welcome back to the program. I've uh, got to say hi to our friends Jeff and Alicia and the gang at Stoli's Hog Alley, which uh, continues to be gutted and remodeled and made into uh, this this you know, beautiful oasis for uh, those that uh, live in the Summit area out in Oconomowoc or Stoll's Old 109. Great place, uh, music, food, fun, and uh, you just support great people. I, uh, I've always said, we were talking about this over the weekend, when uh, a friend of ours said, man, you got a lot of a lot of bars and people that, you know, sponsor the show. And I said, you know what? And all of them are great people. I, I You know, I can legitimately say that. There's just really great people that we get a chance to work with. And, and Jeff and Alicia, uh, there are a couple of them. So if you can support some good people, especially through uh, a renovation period, uh, get a hold of our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley out in Oconomowoc and Summit or Stoll's Old 109 in Watertown. Both of them. Fine, fine places to go. Um. Coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, uh, head coach of your Green Bay Packers. You're going to hear that conversation coming up. And uh, he's kind of, you know, set, getting ready to send everybody off. And uh, you get your uh, you know, few weeks together before all of a sudden training camp gets back underway. And, uh, and then it all gets going for real. I'm going to be interested to see what he has to say. It's usually not a lot. There's not usually not a lot to, to chew on there. But as we sat down with Mike Clemens yesterday, there's a lot of unknowns, man. Dean Lowry's off to the side. He's not doing any full-time work with an unknown ailment. Elton Jenkins, when's he going to be back? David Bakhtiari, he's off to the side. You know, what's the plan for the young guys? How quickly will are they going to be called upon, whether it's on the defensive side of the football or the offensive side when it comes to wide receivers? You know, is Randall Cobb uh, the – the mentor in the wide receiver room and uh, are the guys that are in there now, are they getting enough tutelage that they're going to be ready come the season and how much are they going to be used? How much are they going to be depended upon? Um, While this team for the most part is set, there's also a lot of questions. One of the things, it was interesting. um, Mike and I were talking about this last night. We got uh, back from Madison and we're just kind of sitting in my driveway, just BSing. And we got into the comparison. You know, when you look at Aaron Rodgers and we were talking about, uh, you know, he's got the the new relationship, I guess. So, did, Ben, did anything ever happen, come out publicly about the breakup of Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley? Not that I remember. See, I don't rem- I remember that they said that they had an open relationship through one of the PR people. I... Didn't know if that meant they were swingers or if that just meant that they're engaged, but they are free to roam. I, I had no idea. I had no, no idea what they meant. And then all of a sudden there is the rumors of this this new girl in his life. And we were because t- we, remember, we were passing around the Instagram pictures last night at dinner hmm. and we were talking about that. And then we were talking about Brady. And, and you just think about this in comparison. OK, you've got Brady who retires, they want him to come back, he comes back, he's got his deal already worked out for the most part, and he's got the TB12, he's got, um, you know, he gets this monster contract from Fox, he's got this deal in a movie that he's going to be doing. I mean, you talk about a guy that's in demand, you know, that that is doing a lot via media. They still want him back for Westwood One for the halftime on Monday Night Football, and they want his opinion on the game. They want him in, as an analyst. They want him to do all these different things. 
And then you look at Rogers and was engaged and professed his love on the stage for Shailene Woodley. And then it kind of just fell apart. And he's doing Pat McAfee where he's, we assume he's now getting paid for it, but he's talking about cleansing himself and what he wants. And on one hand, he's talking about Devante coming back, but Devante wants out and there's nobody, you know, he gets the new contract. Don't get me wrong, but you know, and the, and the Packers obviously want him back and the fans want him back, but it's, it's, he, he hasn't contemplated retirement to the point of saying, this is when I'm going to retire and, you know, there was the, the Jeopardy thing where, you know, people said it, it, it's something he'd be interested in. But I think the overwhelming opinion was is he was good, but he wasn't personable. He was very stiff. He's very, very smart. There's no doubt about that. But it's kind of like Rogers has talked about how he wants things like Tom, but doesn't have that same family dynamic, doesn't have that same relationship dynamic away from – the field, there's this blue earth stuff and all this, you know, he goes on the crypto thing and then crypto takes a dive right after that and, you know, kind of almost chastises people for not investing in crypto. And it's it's like, what, what what's going on? You know what? I mean, it really does. I know people give Mark Murphy a lot of grief, but when Mark Murphy said he's a complicated fellow, he really is. He, he's a complicated guy. It's not that he's wrong, because I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's just a vastly different dynamic than what a guy like Tom Brady is. And yet he really kind of respects, I don't want to say idolizes because I have no idea, but really kind of has this public outward respect for Tom Brady and the way he conducts himself and the way he does things and what he, he, he is kind of strived for. But Rodgers is very different. He's just a different dude. Um, you know, you've got Patrick Mahomes, and he's having a second child, and he's settled down. And you've got, I mean, even though they kind of criticize Russell Wilson for being somewhat disingenuous, but he's always had his relationship. He's been very public and open about his beliefs in certain things and and and, and very structured and very, I, it just, it's, it's just different. It's just weird. In a in a in a not a negative way, just a different weird way. How much different Aaron Rodgers is. So I don't know why I went down that path, but it was just one of those conversations we got into yesterday, as we sat there and uh, talked a little bit about getting ready for this upcoming season and what this season may hold, and what the uh, what the finality of this season could possibly end up being as well. When we come back, the head coach of your Green Bay Packers, Matt Lafleur, is going to be speaking. You're going to hear that. Then we're going to talk a little bit more. After the fact, Mark Schofield's going to be joining us here in about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. Going to talk some baseball. Andrew Wagner's going to be here today. Got three hours of the Bill Michaels Show yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Nice Ash. Go to theniceash.com, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Get yourself a nice bourbon, a nice scotch, listen to some music, watch a little sports, smoke a cigar. Oh, you're good to go. Good to go. That's theniceash.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.
back to the program. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. And uh, stop in. You still got uh, about another week and a half left if you're going to get registered for the 2022 Chevy Camaro SS that they're giving away just before the NASCAR race, the uh, Quick Trip 250 up at Road America. So stop in. Use your Quick Rewards card. And uh, you, too, could possibly be a winner. One of the ten finalists that are going to be called to the Oosthof up in uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, to have a shot at getting that thing. Uh, brand new 2022 Chevy Camaro SS. Looking forward to giving that thing away. Joining us now on the hotline, our friend Mark Schofield, NFL Wire, joining us at Mark Schofield. You can find his stuff. So, Mark, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes as uh, all these camps begin to wind down. This is when uh, a lot of head coaches start to hold their breath to make sure none of their guys do anything stupid, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you do in June and July if you're an NFL head coach. Once you get done through mandatory minicamp, it's like you said, you hold your breath, you don't want to hear that or that phone ring or get that vibrated on the nightstand with your phone buzzing at 3 a.m. with some bad news coming in. It's, you know, everybody go home, rest up, don't be silly, don't do anything dumb, and we'll see you when training camp begins. So the the Packers, we were sitting yesterday talking a little bit about this, and we were talking about how the Packers, they there's a lot of question marks, even though it's pretty simple with Aaron Rodgers and company, there's still a lot of question marks on this team for the fact that we don't know what their offensive line is going to look like. Uh, they, Matt LaFleur did say today they fully expect uh, David Bakhtiari to be ready to go come training camp, which is the first time they emphatically have said that. They won't have Elton Jenkins ready. We're not quite sure who's going to be the starting five. We don't know about the wide receiving core specifically. With as many, the, the one sure thing is Aaron Rodgers, but with all the different question marks, what do you think? What do you expect out of the Green Bay Packers? I mean, even with those question marks, it's hard to look at Green Bay and not consider them favorites, not just in the division, but, you know, among the favorites in this conference. And what's working in Green Bay's favor, even with these question marks, and we've talked about this, Bill, the NFC is not the AFC. The AFC is loaded right now. You look at the number of teams in the AFC that people could consider playoff contenders, playoff favorites, division favorites. It's a loaded conference. The NFC is a little bit more wide open. You've got Green Bay, you've got Tampa Bay, you've got the Rams, maybe Arizona, some other teams, Dallas, Philadelphia with the additions that they've made. But it looks like Green Bay is in a position right now where they should still be considered among the favorites in the conference. But there are questions. Like you said, who's going to be the starting five? Who's going to, you know, the question is about the right tackle position. If, you know, he's not ready to go right away, who's going to slide in there? Is it a situation where you're going to move, you know, Josh Jaiman over there. You're going to have Zach Tom, the rookie out of Wake Forest, a fourth round pick. Are you going to slot him in as a starter tackle? Rasheed Walker, a seventh round pick. Are you going to slide him over to right tackle? There are some going to be some questions about the offensive line as we get rolling. And certainly, with the departure of Devontae Adams, there are going to be questions about the receiving room. Can Christian Watson take on a big role as a rookie? Will there be the chemistry that you need between quarterback and receiver between Rodgers and Christian Watson? Can Sammy Watkins stay healthy and be a contributor? Are you going to see more from Amari Rodgers? So there are certainly questions around the Green Bay Packers, but even with those questions, given the state of the NFC at large, I think they're still in a good position. The uh, the defense, we all believe, can be really, really good. I don't know if it's going to be consistently a top-five defense, but 
Uh, for the first time in a long time, I think we're looking at a secondary that could be top five. We're looking at a linebacking core that's strong and a def- defensive front that's strong. Are we seeing a shift, do you think, in the Packers where it's always been an offensive team that just goes out and outscores everybody? I think this has the ability now to be a shutdown defense and continue to get continually give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, thus giving him more opportunities to score. I think that's exactly right. You sort of walked through it there, Bill. This on paper right now has the potential to be a very good, like you said, I'd say a, a top five type of defense. My colleague Doug Farrar over at Touchdown Wire wrote a piece after the draft saying that, you know, the defense might be what gets the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl because you look at the talent at all three levels of this defense. You mentioned the secondary out of the gate. It's a tremendous secondary, but then you look at what they added at the second level, right? You bring in Quay Walker in the first round, athletic type of linebacker. You look at pairing Devontae Wyatt with Kenny Clark up front, which I think is an absolute dream pairing if you're a defensive coordinator, a nightmare scenario if you're an offensive line coach, because it used to be you're facing Green Bay, you double-team Kenny Clark up front, and you're going to be okay because you can win the rest of the one-on-ones. That goes out the window when you put Devontae Wyatt next to Kenny Clark on the inside. You're going to have to try to get doubles and combos on both of those guys up front. If you leave one of them in a one-on-one situation, you're going to lose more than you win, and that's not a situation you want to be in as an offensive line coach or an offensive coordinator. So I think this defense, like you said, Bill, is on paper a very good defense, and it could be the unit. You know, Like you said, if you not you don't have to shut teams out. It's almost impossible to pitch shutouts in today's NFL, given the way the game is played. But if you can give Aaron Rodgers a couple of short fields a game via a turnover or a fourth down stop, or you pin them deep and you get a you know favorable punt return, you start out at midfield. The more short fields you give number twelve, the better you're going to be as an offense, even with some of those question marks we just talked about. With the wide receiving core being the biggest question mark, how much do you feel? That the rookies then, because Aaron Rodgers has never thrown more than 38 passes to a rookie in their you know first season. So I, I kind of feel that maybe he's not going to give 70 passes to Christian Watson. But I think that between him and Romeo Dubs, they can maybe end up with about, say, 75 to 80 catches. And maybe that then supplants a little bit of the loss uh, of what you lost with Devontae Adams. Not to say they're going to end up with 11 or 1,200 yards, but between the two, they may be able to offshoot one Devontae Adams. Do you think that? I think that's certainly possible. The other thing I think you would keep in mind here is, particularly with Christian Watson, targets or touches, right? Because he might not see 70 targets. Like you said, Rodgers, it's been historically shown that He's a little bit, you know, working the receivers, the rookie receivers into the play, the passing game, I think is a good way to phrase it. But they can do some different things with them, some manufactured touches, some sweeps, some fly sweeps, jet sweeps, maybe a couple of screens here and there. You know, you might not get 70 targets for Christian Watson per se, just for him alone, but you might get, say, 50 touches from him. And then you get 30, 35 targets for Romeo Dubs. That gets you north of 80. And, and so I think between those two, Targets and touches, yeah, you can probably create and manufacture, say, 80, 85 opportunities for those two receivers, even if you're not just doing it straight through the passing game. And I think, that you, like you said, you're probably not going to get a full replacement for a Devontae Adams season. You're not going to get maybe 1,200 yards and 8, 9, 10, 11 touchdowns from those two guys. But if you can get close to those opportunities, and more than anything else, force secondaries to worry about those guys, that's going to really help this offense. The area we know, which was such pro, so problematic all throughout last season with special teams, the hiring of Rich Basaccia, you tell me how much does this mean to the Green Bay Packers in your eyes? 
Huge. I mean, I think it's huge. And, you know, we, we saw that playoff game. You know, we saw this be an Achilles heel for this organization last year. Very good to great offense, good defense, special teams was a problem for them and a, basically was a big contributor to them going home early or a, little, or a lot earlier than people expected. And so adding a voice that we saw, you know, right the ship in Las Vegas last year when that team was going through a number of different off-the-field situations and it looked like the Raiders were going to fold, to have them get to the playoffs under his leadership, his experience, his guidance, I think that's going to be huge for this team. So, you know, you don't have to be the best special teams unit in the league but you can't be near the bottom. And that's where the Packers were last year. You know, if you're an average special teams unit, which I think they can be under his guidance and leadership, that's going to really help this team next season. Uh, we're talking, by the way, with Mark Schofield, NFL Wire. You can find his stuff at Mark Schofield. You can find it right there. So let's talk about the rest of the division. Uh, I don't think Minnesota's ready to fly by any stretch of the imagination. They have aspirations of a new regime that's going to bring a breath of fresh air. Kirk Cousins is going to be great. How close do you think Minnesota is to what Green Bay is? I mean, I, I still think, you know, if you want to put it, say, in games, you know, you know, probably in terms of the win-loss record, a game or two behind. Uh, I think that's a fair way to put it for Minnesota. Now, could they put it all together? Perhaps. But we're also talking about having a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins that at times he looks like he can be the quarterback that you need to win games because of in the National Football League. But at times he looks more like the quarterback you win games with. And, you know, he, he's sort of been that hot and cold type of player. He's had opportunities in playoff games, primetime games, where he hasn't quite delivered when he needs to for Minnesota, and that's going to remain a question mark for them. Yes, Justin Jefferson, a tremendously talented receiver, you know, one of my favorites to watch and to study, and a favorite of mine getting back to his draft cycle, but Adam Thielen's been banged up. You know, who is going to be their sort of wide receiver three? KG Osborne looked good at times for them, but if they do run a lot of three, three receiver, 11 personnel packages, can he sort of step up? You know, are you going to finally see the best of Irv Smith? I know a lot of people have been waiting for Irv Smith to take that step forward. You know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Offensive line's got some question marks, too. Well, as it stands right now, it's looking like Ed Ingram, their second-round pick, might have to start at right guard for them. You know, will he be, be able to hold up? And then, they, yes, you know, Zedaria Smith obviously gives them a pass rushing presence, but you're looking at potentially two rookies in the secondary, some question marks there as well. And so uh, I think they've got more questions right now than the Green Bay Packers do. And so I think that's sort of, you know, how I view it right now. Green Bay Packers, like I said, favorites in this division as we sit here in June. Uh, real quick, the battling it out for the basement is going to be between the Bears and the Lions. Uh, I don't know. I like what the Lions have done. I don't know they're ready to going to be able to kind of take that big, huge next step forward. But in the next couple of years, that might not be a bad football team. I wonder what uh, is going to happen to the Chicago Bears along the way. Compare the two. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of think that the Lions might surprise people. Not that they're going to make this playoffs run or you know compete for the division, but I think they're going to be better than people expect. That was a team that under Dan Campbell last year, I thought played hard. They gave you know teams like Baltimore fits. You know they lost some close ones at the end, but they battled in every game. And you look at the additions they added, obviously Hutchinson and Williams in the first round. You know, they look to be better on paper than they were last year. And Jared Goff is probably not their long-term answer, but I think he's good enough for what they are right now, and perhaps they address the quarterback position in next year's draft. And for the Bears, you know, obviously it looks like they're going through a full-on teardown and rebuild right now. You know, whether they have done enough around Justin Fields remains to be seen. I tend to believe that they haven't done enough to help him yet. I'm not ready to write him off, but you wonder if he's going to get enough time and help over the next two years or if eventually they'll move on in a different direction. So I think 
Look, from where I sit, the Lions, in my mind, are trending up. The Bears are kind of trending, treading water. We're going to ask you about the Deshaun Watson situation. Obviously, there's a lot of, a lot of you know, wonderment what's going on and what's going to happen with him regarding the NFL, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. There's Jimmy Garoppolo that fig- figures into all of this mix for the fact that he may end up looking to be traded out of there. Give me your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and the situation in Cleveland first. Yeah, Bill, I mean, I'd be surprised. if I, I would be, you know, stupefied if we see Deshaun Watson for a full 17-game slate this season. I, I do believe that at some point here, his suspension will be coming. And we're hearing that not only have two more lawsuits been filed last week, you know, with respect to the civil cases that he's facing in court right now, that Tony Busby, the attorney for the plaintiffs, has said that there will be more coming. You know, that New York Times report that came out that shed some explosive details, not just on Watson's behavior, you know, perhaps the Houston Texans being involved. And, you know, Attorney Busby said that he's going to add the Texans as a defendant. It seems that this situation is just getting worse rather than better from the perspective of Deshaun Watson playing this season and playing a full 17-game slate. I would be surprised if he plays full 17 games. Frankly, I think it's more likely that he's out this season, the entire season, than he plays a full 17-game slate. So I think, you know, Cleveland's going to have to start making preparations for you know, Watson not seeing the field for an extended period of time. Now, whether that's a Jacoby Brissett situation, whether they trade, I can't imagine they would swing a trade for Garoppolo. Maybe they're going to really hold a team like the Carolina Panthers, hold their feet to the fire in terms of moving on from Baker Mayfield. But this Watson situation seems to be getting worse by the death. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo, real quick, where does he end up or does he stay with San Francisco? Yeah, you know, with the injury, it's going to be really hard for move, to move him. It might be a scenario where he doesn't get moved until, say, August. You know, maybe a team has a situation where a starter or a backup goes down. You know, we have injuries that happen, and sometimes teams need a quarterback, you know, closer to the start of the season. And it might be a situation where, because he himself is rehabbing from a shoulder surgery, the 49ers will hang on to him and see if something sort of comes up during training camp where a team suddenly has a need at the position because, you know, the game of quarterback musical chairs seems to be slowing down here. You know, we're hearing a lot of reporting today about Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. You know, that would take away one more chair for a potential Garoppolo destination. And so it might be a scenario where he does indeed start training camp with San Francisco when he's ready to go, but maybe a team because of an injury has a need at the quarterback position, and that's when he gets moved. Mark, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate your time, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great day. Absolutely, you too. There you go, Mark Schofield of the NFL Wire. You can find his stuff at Mark Schofield over on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. When we come back, pick up where we left off, hear more from Matt LaFleur. Stay tuned. That's all on the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.